0: I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021, please. I've experienced the free 10-day trial, and I'm not interested. Well, I don't don't imagine any of us really believe things would immediately get better on New Year's Day. But, man, what a week, huh? The week that shook America. America. You know, the capital breach is something that's going to stay around for a while in our our memories. I mean, and then the fallout is just going to go on for a long time. But there's another recent news story that's still staying with me. It's the story of the pharmacist in Wisconsin who intentionally left a box of coronavirus vaccine out to spoil because he believed the shots would mutate people's DNA. Did you hear about that? Talk about a clear-cut example of someone acting on their belief. This pharmacist apparently was unable or unwilling to put his beliefs aside and do his job. It seems he was interested, or at least it seems he believed his job was to prevent harm to the 500 people who would have received those shots. Fascinating, isn't it? In society, we expect people in services like pharmacies and hospitals, law enforcement, even our barber and our dry cleaner, we expect that their beliefs aren't going to interfere with whatever service they're doing for the public. You know, leave your personal beliefs at home and just do your job, right? Just give me my medicine, well, it's the same with the church, isn't it? You expect I won't mix my personal beliefs, you know, other than my religious beliefs, with God's word and the sermon, right? You know, And you expect that I'm not going to act in a manner contrary to the public ministry of word and sacrament. And I don't plan on being another Peter, Pastor Peter Muhlenberg either. You know who that guy was? Peter Muhlenberg? It's legendary, famous, although as we get further away, you know, he kind of fades out of society. Anyways, one Sunday in January of 1776, at a Lutheran church in Virginia, Pastor Pete led the service in his clerical robe, all dressed up in his robe, stepped up into the pulpit to give his sermon. None of the people in attendance that morning had any idea that underneath his robe, Pastor Pete was wearing a Continental Army officer's uniform. As Pastor Muhlenberg got the people worked up in the sermon. Based on uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you know, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. He rips off his robe to reveal his uniform. The people gasped in shock and bewilderment. And then he said something along, along the lines of, there's a time to fight, and that time is now. Who's with me? He marched down the church aisle, and it's recorded that 300 men, must have been a big church, 300 men got up and followed him out, and they formed their own regiment to fight the British. Since then, Pastor Muhlenberg has been praised and criticized. Some say he was a true patriot. While others say he had no business being a clergyman and a soldier at the same time. Nevertheless, he's a legendary example of a person who acted on his belief. We all act on what we believe. But there is one ultimate man who acted on what he believed and that man is Jesus Christ and in our text today mark recounts that god acted to forgive sins through the promised savior about to be revealed to the whole world now you're having a delightful conversation with a coworker and your conversation reveals you have a lot in common you're both christian Even though you have different church backgrounds, you share many of the same beliefs. You both agree the Bible is the foundation you stand on. It's God's word and it's infallible, you know, it doesn't have any mistakes or errors. You both believe that Jesus is the way to heaven. You both hold to a high standard of values and morality. But when you start talking about baptism... Well, it becomes clear pretty fast that there are some differences between the two of you, and that not all Christian churches believe the same thing. Your friend tells you that baptism is merely a symbolic thing, and an outward sign of an inward faith. And a person needs to confess faith in Jesus before he or she is baptized. Now this view seems or sees baptism as, Our act based on our or one's belief. But you were taught something different in confirmation and in the youth group and Bible study and hearing the pastor preach every Sunday. You were taught God is the one who acted on your behalf. When you were baptized, God acted in the person of the Holy Spirit to give you faith and forgive your sins and give you life that lasts forever. Now seeing as as how the Pacific Northwest doesn't have a lot of Lutheran Christians compared to other parts of the country, it wouldn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise you either, that most of us have colleagues or fellow students or friends and acquaintances who believe baptism is an outward sign of faith or an outward sign of an inward faith, right? And that they have acted on that belief. Now, it's hard to think that a year ago, almost a year ago to this, to this day, you were all so kind and generous to send me and Jill to Israel to see for ourselves, among many other places and things, the Jordan River and the place where John baptized hundreds, if not thousands, of people, and where Jesus himself was baptized by his cousin John. We saw pilgrims like us who had already been baptized return to the place where it happened for the first time to remember their own baptism. We tried to imagine what it was like then, you know, and it it wasn't hard to do since the place itself is, you know, has changed little over the centuries. It's not like Israel and Jordan have you know, built condos all along the, the uh, Jordan River, yet anyways. <laughs> it's still pretty much the same as it was, you know, desert and some palm trees and stuff. But the fact that so many people were coming out to John to be baptized there reveals to us that God was also at work in the hearts of people. Mark says all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going to him to be baptized. Now we know there are some that that went down there and weren't baptized, right? Such as the messengers of the Pharisees from Jerusalem. But Mark is conveying that those who went there were not just a few. It wasn't just a ragtag little band of believers. It was a great many people. Now, God gave John some powerful tools to do his job to bring hope to many. He gave him his word and the promise connected to the cleansing waters of baptism. See, it wasn't an outward sign of an inward faith. It was a real means of grace, an actual way that God acted in love to people. The great multitude coming out to John weren't there to show God their faith and demonstrate that they had already received forgiveness. No, they, they acted because they heard God was doing something down there at the river. And there was a way to be saved. The baptism John was giving was one of repentance, which means to, to change your mind about your sin. Repentance means to turn away from your inward self and your own desires which make you feel good and say, God, I don't want to cheat on my spouse anymore. I don't want to steal anymore. I don't want to abuse people anymore or abuse myself anymore. I want to change. And the drive behind this desire to change is guilt, emptiness, and shame. A realization that, hey, whatever it is I'm doing is not working. It's not giving us fulfillment. It's hurting others. It's damaging us spiritually and physically. And ultimately, could lead to death. Will lead to death if you keep doing it. Guilt, shame, and emptiness are actually gifts from God. Did you know that? They're actually gifts from God through His law to cause us to wake up and smell the coffee or the roses and see we need to turn from our sin. Without these gifts, we would blindly carry on doing the same things to our eternal condemnation. When's the last time you considered guilt to be a gift from God? Well, it is. Act on it. Change your mind about your sin. Repent. God loves you even though you have sinned. And he offers you forgiveness. Now I said earlier that there was uh, one man who acted on his belief and came to John in the Jordan to be baptized. But he's also an exception. Jesus was the only one among the multitudes who went down there who didn't need the forgiveness of sins? He didn't, need, uh, he didn't need the gift of guilt and shame. And he didn't need a feeling of emptiness to turn to his Father and repent. So Jesus' baptism was different than ours in that respect. But his baptism, his baptism reveals that he is true God and true man who came to enact our rescue. Because he believed, you and I are creatures worth saving. We have value in his mind and we are set apart to be made holy from a multitude of others who didn't believe in him then, who don't believe in him now and never will. While sinful human beings receive baptism for the forgiveness of sins, the only sinless human who is also God received baptism as the one who would take all our sin upon Himself, upon His own shoulders. When we we were baptized, God was acting to do amazing things. We died with Him, and were buried with Him in baptism, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, well, we are too. And now we walk with Him in a new life, forever. That's good news, my friends. God acted to unite you and me and your whole household, if you all have been baptized, with Jesus in his death and resurrection. What a powerful act. My beloved friends, my belief is, you haven't called me here to take up arms and lead a charge against foreign or domestic enemies. I'm already retired from that job. I believe you have called me to act as we are called to do, as the church militant and the church victorious, which means standing firm against the flaming arrows of the devil, wearing the armor of God, which is having his word and wisdom in our hearts and minds, and waving his banners of truth and love, not Flags with slogans and logos. To that end, let us all with love and reason towards our neighbor and each other stand firm against sin and every evil and keep proclaiming Jesus as the way, the truth, and the light and continue baptizing all who will come and receive the gifts God's ready to give them. Because like I said before, the more people, turn to God and repent and get what we've gotten, the better things might be. Now, who's with me? All right. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.